Hello, friends. Jim Nance. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> got a chance. Yes. He's done it! Wow! In your life! Yeah, I don't know how you get much better than this. Heartbeat just went up 50 notches there, I think. Struck it nicely. Jacket is going north of the border. Celebration now. They've saved it for the perfect stage. Wow, that was loud. Still is. Welcome inside episode 9 of the Pelt Pod. The competitive season is in full force as friend of the Pelt Pod, Keaton Jones, joins us before setting out on a full season of professional golf. We'll talk Memorial Tournament, U.S. Women's Open, and the feud that has the golf world talking. It's episode 9 of the Pelt Pod, and it starts right now. Welcome back inside week nine of the Pelt Pod. Week three of the Ontario golf season is back and things I would say are rolling. The good weather is here. Jamie Wilson, Jacob Bishop, Ben Whiteside, and an extra companion, a friend of the Pelt Pod, a Kitchener, Ontario native, a professional golfer. He's Keaton Jones. He's going to join us for the ride as we go through week nine, and we are going to get into all things Jonesy. But Keaton, welcome aboard for week nine. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Jacob, how are you doing? The good weather is here. How are things in Arcona, Ontario? We're surviving here. Not much golf again this week. I kind of took a little hiatus after uh, a couple too many bogeys in my one round and decided <laughs> let's get the cups in on the putting green. I got to catch up to Jonesy. He's also a backyard golf architect. Uh, we'll get into that a little, little bit later. Things are good here. Sunny, hot weekend, uh, just much like it was in Hamilton, Ontario, Jamie. It was, yeah. Got a got a couple rounds in. May have mixed in a sunburner too. Forgot to apply the sunscreen, but uh, ready to roll here. Yeah, you take a few weeks to get the base down. Oh, yeah. Keaton, you're playing a ton of golf. You got a full schedule coming up we're going to dive into all that how have things opened up in the last two weeks you were tinkering throughout the winter obviously but not on the golf course how good does it feel to be back and what's the state of your game like right now well it's like christmas morning every day yeah uh, it's good to be back out there that's what i say to uh everyone that I'm talking to at Westmount or at Whistle Bear. It's just good to be back on the course, taking divots and, and rolling in putts. There's nothing better than a couple fresh beaver pelts. Pelt, <laughs> exactly. Pelt. Pelt, yeah. exactly. When you're not touring and when life isn't lived on the road week to week, when you're at home, what is life like? I know you still hang out with a lot of guys that still have a lot of game. They're not necessarily touring pros like yourself, but are things still competitive when you're at home amongst your friends or it's just kind of chill time when you're home and you're relax Keaton, you've got like what four or five of the boys that you're you're playing with that are competing with you kind of on a week-to-week basis you got uh yeah, Lenny, yeah Lenny got Mose. moser uh moser's at westmount uh myself lenny cox uh we're all at whistle bear um austin ryan in the area he's at galt former laurier golden hawk the, the hawks are all over yeah so i mean we got it we got a lot of really good players that even Today, another Laurier Goldenock played with Paul Edgar just yep. to get out with some boys and whether it's giving them one or two strokes or just trying to take their money, there's always uh, there's always some money on the roll. The KW, it's a good hub. Seems like you've got access to a lot of the guys that are playing um, all the time as well, which is great. Yeah, you got to look up to little Gliggs. Gliggs is, is having a... Uh... An, an awesome, awesome year out there. You know, he's battling kind of on the bubble in the FedEx Cup, but uh, but definitely almost you guys almost got change. into the U.S. Open today too. The Bear Club, right? Bears Club, yeah. yeah. I saw. I was looking at his card. He was like one out, and then he he took a triple on like 
17. So I think he missed by a few, but he was right there knocking on the door for sure. So it's only a matter of time with him. He just keeps getting better and better. And we kind of commented on this last week when Kokrak won and he had so many starts in the tour. He gets one win under his belt and then he wins twice in 17 weeks. So it's the experience that you get when you get out there. Right. And you learn how to do your laundry on the road. You learn where you're going to eat. You just get into a groove. And, and, and those are all things that people kind of, and might not think about, but they play a huge factor into getting comfortable out there. And that, you know, relays into some good golf. The Memorial Tournament this past weekend at, at Mirfield Village, Jack's Place, Patrick Cantley defeated Colin Morikawa on the second playoff hole to win for the second time in three years. Patrick Cantley is the winner for the second time at Memorial. He's the champion, just the seventh multiple winner of this event joining tiger and kenny perry who won it actually three times tiger five times jack hale irwin greg norman tom watson an exciting finish on sunday but keaton as you were just talking about the real headline that kind of overshadowed everything was this john rom story he gets off the 18th green he's leading the tournament by six strokes and this made for tv moment happens where john rom gets this devastating news he's hunched over no one really knows what's happening and we find out he's positive for covid so before we kind of get into congratulating patrick let's start with that yeah like tough one for him right like six shots i mean limper home coming in on sunday um it's 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 one of those ones you're standing right on the fence right the poor guy plays great golf he's rolling it he's he's getting the job done and then i mean out of his control kind of see you later right fish where were you at with this it was one it was it was so upsetting it was really it was tough to watch you could see how emotional rom was but I know you were upset with it. Where are you at here? I think, I don't know how many times we're going to have to say it, but we're not a politics show, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, it's hard not to talk about the politics. Um, I don't like, first off, I don't like the fashion that the PGA kind of announced it. Not a huge fan of it. Let the guy get up to the clubhouse and do it in private. Not when he walks off the green. If you're going to try to catch it right there, at least you give the guy a mask. If you're going to try to tell him right away, they don't give him a mask. I don't get that. Yeah, but a little weird. I mean, Jamie tossed it out to the to the group on on Instagram and just to see if uh, who who thought he should be eligible to play in the fourth round alone. And, and the majority voted sixty three percent of them said, yeah, he should be allowed to. And I'm kind of with the majority. I, I think give the guy a stand bag, let him walk. He's he's dessert. He deserves it. He just played a heck of a round on Saturday. Make him play alone. The money's not what he's going out there for. We've said this before. I know it's a nice 1.67 million. I think that can help anybody out, but he's playing for the tournament win. He's not playing for the money. And, and that's what's most disappointing, I think, for John. But they handle it with class um, with what he announced. But James, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm kind of on the opposite side. Like, I mean, yeah, it, it sucks for him. Don't get me wrong. But like Heaton kind of said, like it is what it is. Those are the the rules in place. My other point too is if he goes out there and plays by himself, that changes the whole dynamic of what golf is, right? Like if you're a guy down six shots, yeah, you're probably not going to win. But if you do have any chance, you want to be in that guy's last group to be able to apply the pressure, maybe get a two shot swing early and then, things kind of take off from there. I don't know. Maybe Keaton can speak a little better to that because he's, he's the pro golfer in the group, but that's just kind of my 
my insight on it. It does. It does totally change it, right? You get he's out there by himself. He's kind of going in his own groove. If you're competing and you're you're in the final group, you should have someone right there with you, chomping at you. That's such a good point because, like, there's so much pressure. The pressure totally changes. The only thing I'm gonna put my firm a firm foot down on. I don't get that why only players who aren't vaxxed get tested because you could be vaxxed and still get COVID. So I don't think it's fair that players that don't get vaxxed are the only ones that have to get tested week to week. I think it's all or nothing. I'll always keep my, my, my foot firm on this one that everybody should get, get tested, but I totally see your point there in terms of uh, if you do test positive. Yeah, I guess you shouldn't play, especially if you got the lead, because uh, that just totally changes the uh, the momentum that can shift for sure. Logistically, I just think it was impossible. I mean, I wish there was a way where it could have worked, where he could have uh, posted a score Sunday. But I mean, it was just as a logistical nightmare. So, I mean, in the real world, I just he tests positive. He's gone. That's the end of the conversation. But I just have one other point, too. I get your point, Bishop, where you're saying maybe everyone should be tested on a week to week basis, whether they're, whether they have the vaccine or not. But I think for Rom and like any professional athlete, that's, I don't know, around a lot of people on a, on a daily basis, I think it becomes a business decision, like to just get the vaccine because why would you risk it? Yeah. I I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. I I just think that you can't force somebody to, to choose, you know, No, I'm not, I'm not forcing him by any means, but it, it's a business decision for him more than anyone else. Right. But, but sometimes you got to weigh your health and before business and we, we, they still, yeah, no problem. We won't go too far down this rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah. We're not a politician. One story I heard this week that was interesting was Padraig Harrington reached out to John Rom just to encourage him a little bit. Padraig shared a story that happened to him, the Benson and Hedges International Open. He didn't sign his scorecard on Thursday. The guy who was attesting his card signed it twice and there was some confusion. Padraig didn't end up signing. And an hour before he went off, he was leading the tournament on Sunday afternoon. He was about to go tee off with the lead and a tournament official came over to Padraig and said, can you show us a signature on here anywhere? And he got disqualified an hour before he went out. So just the these weird things that can happen even at the highest level jonesy i wanted to ask you in all of in your career of playing all over has any weird things happened to you directly or you know about guys that have had a bit of a horror story like anything come to mind when we think about this john rom episode that's happened in your world signing an incorrect scorecard that's (laughs) that's (laughs) probably uh that's probably the killer has have you been a victim of it yeah oh yeah i did that once um, probably will not make that mistake again, like most people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The PTSD Le- leading is a junior enough. tournament and uh, and sign a wrong card, and we had we had that actually in uh, just weird, weird um, at a Laurier event at Rebel Creek. Uh, Jack Gibson, when he was playing for Waterloo, this the seventeenth hole at, at Rebel uh, can definitely caused a little bit of confusion if you and, and you're a winner there you want that's your your pro in we'll get into that a little later but uh jack gibson hit a driver and uh he thought he cleared cleared everything went up to look for his golf ball and it wasn't there so he decided to to take a drop behind the hazard uh dropped played his ball went on ended up making double bogey and he won the tournament but did he know his ball was in the hazard is that the thing but then he got disqualified because he assumed his ball was in the hazard. As soon as you walk up and check the, at the green, 
you now think that it, there's a possibility it crossed the hazard. It could have went into the bushes somewhere. So now you're assuming that it, by walking back that it went into the hazard, you're not, you're not 100% certain, which then means you're not playing the, the right ball. So unfortunately, he was disqualified and, and lost the tournament. Unfortunate. Um, but that them are the rules. You can't assume your ball goes in the hazard. So that's kind of the, the weirdest thing I've seen out uh, in a competitive event. But uh, the thing I, I kind of um, relate the whole ROM uh, scenario to different circumstances, obviously, but uh, back at the Canadian Open, I forget what year it was, but when Hunter Mahan was leading uh, going into the final round and then uh, his wife was pregnant oh, and yeah. uh, she went into labor. Yep. So he obviously had to jet out of there pretty quick. So that, that's kind of another scenario that I think of where it's, it's not a disqualification. Um, but it's, it's one where a guy was leading, um, after three rounds and didn't get the win or didn't even have a chance to compete because of that. So Patrick Cantley wins the 2021 Memorial tournament. He defeats Colin Morikawa. You guys watch the playoffs. It's a little bit of drama to end there. It was good. It was a good finish. Jamie, did you, were you there to watch it? I was watching it. Yeah. Um, I was actually saying to Bishop a little bit earlier, just kind of like, don't get me wrong. Like I think Patrick Cantley plays the game a great way like he he kind of maneuvers his way around the golf course at times it can be a little bit slow um, on the greens but I'm just not sure how much he really moves the needle for golf I think if Morikawa wins that playoff um, it's probably better for the game but impressive stuff from from Cantlin nonetheless he's got ice in his veins he's cold he's mean clutch this. Jamie, uh, you had an eye on Canadians. It was a decent week on the PGA Tour, but a great week for Canadians across the golf world. You got an update for us. Let's start just with the performances at the Memorial. PGA Tour at the Memorial. We had Nick Taylor, plus three, uh, T42. And Corey Connors struggled on Sunday, but uh, plus six, T53. Corn Ferry Tour. Canadians had a second straight uh, solid week out there. Stuart McDonald, minus 19 in a tie for three third that's back-to-back -to -back top 10s for him so he's uh moving up the money list there adam svensson another good performance minus 13 tied tied for 18 and uh taylor pendrith minus 12 tied for 23rd and uh quick side note here uh pendrith got into the uh u.s open today uh low qualifier that's a second straight u.s open for pendy yeah bishop uh i know you were keeping an eye on the uh pga tour champions this week and uh we had some uh good canadian performances there do you want to update us Stephen Ames in the winner's circle, um, which is fantastic. Again, Canadians finishing well out on uh, on the PGA Tour champions. Mike won a few weeks ago, and that that turns out to be like the fourth win this season by a Canadian, I believe. So um, saw a little tweet uh, on, on Twitter and a little bit of comment uh, from Stephen and his game, and he it looked like the biggest thing that was holding him back the last little while was the flat stick. He got it rolling this week and uh, a huge win. Uh, he came from seven back at the start of the day. He gets his uh, second win on the Champions Tour, and, and Mike uh, finishes solo second. So great wake up, great week on the PGA Tour Champions. It's nice to see these Canucks with great performances. Boys, your, your kind of thoughts on them? I mean, it's no secret you got to go out and, and shoot a low number if you're if you're seven back. Um, you probably got to get a little bit of help from the leaders too. But I almost think when you are seven back, you it just gives you the ability to go out there with that aggressive mindset and just fire at pins with kind of a nothing to lose mentality. Keaton, your mentality 
playing professional golf, you're, you're a few shots back. How does your mentality out there change just to kind of give us um, on, on the inside here, kind of a, a scope of, of what kind of how you approach the golf course a little bit different. I think the biggest thing is starting the day without that added pressure on you, right? If you make, make a couple of birdies in the first few holes, start rolling. Okay. We can put something together, but um, I think it's, it's a lot easier to shoot a low one when you're, when you're that far back. Right. Um, but again, it's still, you still got to get the job done at the end of the day. Uh, you get into those last couple of holes, it's going to start hitting you. You see that often if, when a couple of birdies go in, it just, it seems like people are able to string even more together. And, and what goes through your mind when you make a couple of birdies early and, and how to keep that train going? Just a simple answer is you're doing something right. Um, uh, whether you, whether you're rolling in putts or, or just hitting it close. Right. So stick to your, stick to your process, kind of mentally, um, kind of stay in that, in that moment of, okay, whatever you're thinking on about, whether it's a, a swing thought or, or putting feel, right. Um, and then just plot your way around the course, make smart decisions, um, give yourself chances if, if you're rolling in already. Yeah. The hole looks a little bit big, uh, a little bit bigger probably to you as well. When, when you're rolling them in and the putts are going in, it's hard to get out of that zone, right? When you got something positive going, um, you just want to keep playing golf. You just want to keep hitting the ball and, and, uh, and rolling it in. When I get a couple under, I'm, I'm racing to get to the clubhouse. I'm like, boys, I'm done here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm the same way now. You, you make a couple early and you're like, let's just hold on to this ground. Let's not keep, keep it on the tracks. <laughs> it can go that way sometimes too right a couple lucky bounces to start and just try to hold on going low is scary it's a very scary experience yeah i i think that segue is kind of right into our our u.s women's open here um and and the back nine struggles for for lexi thompson ben yeah now i'm very familiar with um 41s on the back nine i like to play off a par 40 mentally in my head so Lexi that's more in my ballpark it was heartbreaking to see her card um, a couple hours of golf like that especially on a moment that is going to define her for a really long long time it's not going to define her I should take that back but it's going to be a mainstay in her career but oh it was uh, it was gut-wrenching honestly did you watch her on that back nine I caught a little bit of it uh, to be honest, I was watching uh, a little bit more of the Memorial than I was uh, the, the U.S. Women's Open. I was kind of going back and forth and I was on Twitter. I checked in and she had a couple shot lead and I thought it was, you know, it was in the bag and it was a tighter race in the Memorial. So um, and then I tuned back in and she wasn't even in the lead. So un- unfortunately, uh, it would have been nice to to see an American uh, capture that uh, U.S. Open, but she, she stumbled down, like you said, a 41 and um was awesome to, to see what she was doing after the round. She was signing autographs, um, which just shows kind of the person she is. I mean, she could have been sour and stomped off and uh, really showed her character. And um, she's a great ambassador for the game. James? Yeah, to your point, just kind of, again, growing the game. Um, she kind of realizes that the younger generation is is looking up to her, even though she's, she's still young. Um, she realizes that and kind of looks at the bigger picture. Um, so to do that was was pretty classy. Um, just kind of going back to what Ben was saying before, um, a US Open, like that'll really expose any weakness in your game and uh, kind of make it look that much worse. So yeah, down the stretch, it was tough to watch uh, some of her, her short game and 
and the putting, um, especially on the last two holes, she missed a, a short one on 17 and then on 18, she had a par putt, um, for maybe, I don't know, 12 feet or so. And just nerves took over and it was downhill and she didn't even get the putt to the hole. So just kind of the way it happened just makes it that much, that much more kind of heartbreaking, if you will. Still on the, on the U S women's open. I think we'd just totally be remiss not to uh, comment on mega gun. Uh, she amateur player. Uh, she finishes. And I believe she played in the second to last group on Sunday. Just an absolute rock star. I think she's going to come out on, on tour when she turns pro and, and be an absolute stud out there. She was awesome to watch. Um, just seeing her interact and just seeing her some of her commentary, um, kind of comments after the round. Um, she just, the way she talks, she she said, you know, you're, I'm going to be out here for a long time. And she kind of had this huge, you know, confidence that I haven't seen out on the tour in a long time. Um, and it's awesome to kind of see that edginess in, in her game and, and just her rally with, uh, with the fans watching her. She said she, the more people that watch, the better she plays. So it was just really neat to, to, to see, uh, an amateur play so well and, and be so confident out there on the, on the biggest stage. Uh, confidence is, is definitely a good way to put it. It's kind of like a cocky confidence too, though. Like yeah. she, she knows she's good, but she's, it's not like over the top for sure. Um, but yeah, she'll definitely be be out on the the LPGA tour uh, years to come. Also, just we should probably mention the winner here was Yuka Sasso, nineteen year old from Philippines. Pretty uh, pretty impressive stuff from her um, as a nineteen year old to win the to win the U.S. Open, and uh, she actually got LPGA uh, membership after that that win. Yeah, which again, she, another young fantastic female golfer coming into the scene and uh brooke finished in a tie for seventh another good finish for her um mm -hmm. but obviously second round 78 kind of put her behind the eight ball pretty pretty quick in the in the, in the week but she rallies back to finish uh finish top 10 so um wicked week obviously heck of a golf course the olympic club um i watched a little bit of uh the barstool boys absolutely get destroyed out there uh, <laughs> on, on, a, on a video uh, earlier in the week just looks like such a fantastic golf club also i i, I would uh i would give uh rebecca lee betham a little shout out there right toronto For players sure. tour cool to see that right toronto players tour and our last week's guest mike marty savich one of his uh his iron sets he's built uh, in play with with rebecca pretty awesome Canadian golf season underway feels like uh, we, we've reached kind of full steam majors are happening great PGA tour events are happening every week and it would have been another big upcoming week for Canadian golf this uh, was the slotted week originally for the Canadian Open not going to happen due to COVID so that is tough for the Canadian golf community we're going to look forward to that event coming back in 2022 but in other news, it's a good way to segue into our friend who has joined us, Mr. Keaton Jones, who is hopefully going to be playing in that tournament next year, 2022 Canadian Open. He is with us, has been with us, will continue to hang out. But let's dive into the man that is Keaton Jones, a Kitchener, Ontario native, went down, played some golf in the in the United States, went to school there, came back up, um, and, and now continuing the journey but let's go back to the beginning you you're an Ontario kid how did it all get started in the KW region where did this spark get lit I was fortunate enough to have a family that was in the uh, 
in the golf business. My grandfather was an old part owner at the New Dundee Country Club. Um, my dad was the superintendent. Uncle was the general manager. I was born into it, working my way kind of into college at a school in Florida, Florida Gulf Coast University. Played there for four years. First tournament I played, professional event, and was a uh, a Great Lakes event. Won the thing and and still looking for that second one. So that's so that was your first event that you that you won. First pro event and I won. Hello world. Talk to us a little bit about kind of where you're playing this summer. Um, we talked to Russell Bud obviously in week three. Um, he's a president of the Toronto Players Tour, so I know you're playing that circuit. Um, is that predominantly where we can uh, track your track track your results? Yeah. Um, still kind of waiting for waiting for the Canada Life schedule. Um, Mackenzie has done a done a good job with us of giving us something to play while while we yep. while we can right yeah. uh i know with the form tour um obviously it would be nice to have the best competition in canada to play mckenzie events but um just to have kind of the opportunity to play with the best guys in the country that aren't on the next level um that's a pretty cool experience for us so well, i played in four of those last year got to see uh, a little bit of the country that i haven't before um, so kind of look forward to, forward to doing the same thing um, this year with Toronto Players Tour um, and traveling traveling out west, out east, uh, wherever we need to go to play play some of those Canada Life. So take us into a little bit of those Canada Life events. I know you you know you, you touched on it that you got to travel the country a little bit, um, but what were those events last year like? Obviously, uh, Mackenzie kind of adapted to the COVID protocols, and you got to go out west to to Vancouver, I believe, and Victoria on the on the island. What what did that what did that do to kind of help you get adjusted to kind of that that next stage here? Obviously, that uh, that you're chasing to courses are set up different. I mean, you're playing playing really good courses. Uh, really good conditions. When we were at Bear Mountain, the place was in perfect shape. A lot of the scores were high, and a lot of the guys were frustrated. But uh, mm-hmm. no, it, it was it was a great experience. Just I mean, even the way they run, right? Um, just getting to kind of experience different course setups. Just commenting on on course conditions there. I was following that event at at Bear Mountain, and. I don't know if there is a McKenzie tour tournament that I've seen with tougher conditions. I kind of saw some of the videos with how fast those greens were and where some of the slopes took your ball down to, if, if you missed a green or you didn't hit the right tier. And I was like, man, I'd shoot a million out there. I, I totally understand where you're coming from, where it just was the next step of conditions and pin place, how that really matters. Um, obviously Russ is kind of doing that for you guys out in the Toronto players tour and, and, and getting you guys to play some, some kind of premier golf courses and get you playing better conditions and really taking, uh, um, pin placements into, into effect. I, I don't know about him saucing it out to the gram to, uh, to pick whole locations. <laughs> you guys might get a little soon this year with, with that, but, uh, but no, that, that's, that's awesome. That, uh, that, that gave you that a little bit more ex- experience out, out there. Um, Jamie, what are kind of some of your goals? Like, are you a person that writes down your goals or are you someone that kind of just plays a couple of events and then about evaluates kind of where you need to improve or what you've done well? Yeah. I mean, no, personally, I'm not a person that, uh, that writes their goals down. I just kind of, kind of try 
to get rolling off off different feelings i find i mean i'm i'm a big believer of just try to get a little bit better every day so i mean even if i go to the course and i don't have the best tournament round if i if i can kind of pick something apart maybe it's a shot i didn't have before um or kind of get into an experience that i've never never been a part of um if i can take something away from it and kind of keep turn it into a positive kind of thing yeah exactly um because it's easy it's easy to be out there and and not getting the results you want and, and get down on yourself that kind of thing so um just kind of day by day keep getting better i mean i'm i'm super busy right i i'm still yeah. working and trying to play events at the same time you've got to be obviously laser focused um and and hard on yourself to to, to do that because it's really two jobs yeah. you have right and um like take us through some of the the drills that you might be doing um we kind of spoke spoke uh, earlier today you're, you're grinding out on the putting green what are some of the drills that you're doing that uh, that you find helping help your game and, and keep things on track yeah i mean today was kind of try to find a putting grip to use because i haven't been quite comfortable um but doing the gate drill today just kind of rolling them rolling through a couple tees making sure everything's in the in the right spots uh using the mirror getting getting my eyes on top of the golf ball making sure kind of everything's dialed going into the first event i've kind of i've been hitting it better than i think i maybe ever have um hitting it a little bit further so if i can just get my uh my trusty short game going i i think i'll be pretty good love it you and bryce and just bombing it out there eh? bomb <laughs> yeah. um 278 carried bombs for this guy <laughs> and that, that's far <laughs> uh i just want to hit on you kind of mentioned uh michael gligic a little bit before and how he might be someone you kind of um kind of model your game or the way he does things around the golf course um are there any other pros like one or two guys at the next level that that maybe you look up to yeah i mean um obviously with gligs it's kind of cool to see see his progress he he was a guy who was who was grinding for a long time and kind of for sure to see a guy who who puts that much effort that much work into it um doesn't see the results immediately and just kind of works at it and gets gets better as time goes on um i i like to look up to people that kind of do that kind of thing i would I would say um, day in day out, I play with Brendan Leonard. Right, he's been he's been playing for a little while now. He's one of those guys who kind of who's really good, and it's just just a matter of time before he does make that that next step. Right, so there there's lots of guys. I think that's the cool thing about Toronto Players Tour is there's so many good players. Um, and you can you can learn something from each of them, and and the best part about it is they're willing to kind of tell you what what they're good at and their their secrets to because everyone wants to see um, each other get better out there. So yeah, I was just gonna say that I think the camaraderie of the tour and you guys here in Ontario, you're all rallying for each other. You all want to see each other play well, and it's pretty pretty noticeable just on the so, on social media seeing that um, for sure. And and um, you, you said it, you kind of nailed my next question. I was just going to, I was going to talk to you to comment on, on how good the players are out there. Cause a lot of people don't realize how good the talent is here, right. In Ontario. Like, can you, can you comment on some of the, the, the scores from last season? I, yeah, I, last year I played with him at, uh, at golf, our tour championship. And, 
final round he he just got it rolling we were some playing on some punch greens and and uh and he, fi- <laughs> oh, no. he, fi- he fires a little 62 but uh no it wow. like there's so many day in day out right there's so many different guys that you can see shoot a super low one so um you kind of get a little fired up when you when you get a good pairing and and you know that there's a guy there that you can kind of throw some birdies at each other and and get something rolling in the group that's actually such a good point like you see so often when when you get a guy in your group going low you'll see a couple guys just feeding off each other just making matching birdie for birdie so yeah it's kind of kind of cool that you say that well jamie you and i were kind of talking er- earlier today um just about the people who you play with like does it make you you play a little bit better and obviously growing up um i i'll comment on whenever i played w- when i was playing with mckenzie you'd, you'd, you'd play a little bit better because you're chasing that guy right and you're seeing birdies motivation happen. yeah yeah mo- you're, you're seeing motivation so so you just commented there um about pairings how much does that help you when you're, you're playing with somebody, you know, that's, that's a good player out there. Sometimes it can, it can be tough. You're playing with a good player who's a good buddy of yours. Right. I mean, you want to kick the, you know, what out of them, but um, <laughs> at the same time, it's, it's, it's good to like, I would say one of the guys I love playing with most, well, two of them, um, Mark Hoffman and Sebastian Zermak. Um, both of those guys just kind of, go about doing their own things they uh really good players both on it like you can you can kind of learn something while you're while you're out there it's kind of trying to beat them you know um first event here toronto players tour where's it at uh, how many holes? and uh in belleville we are 36 hole event wednesday thursday um so it should be should be good scores are usually pretty low out there um played a couple of programs there, a um, couple of due day events, and you might, you might be able to see some of those 63s, 64s. Um, I know a couple of years ago, Great Lakes Tour, there was a, a 62 final round to win. So um, it's gettable. Um, all depends on wind and, and how the, how the greens are rolling. Um, but it should be, should be pretty low scores. Awesome, buddy. Eaton, you want to stick around for insider picks for the PGA Tour this week? I would love to. I want to bite at you guys. All right, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> it's Jamie's, not hard to get a bite out of Jamie. <laughs> Jamie's, vul- Jamie's vulnerable, so take it easy. But um, it's it's a tough arena to compete in. We, uh, we're all wanting it. This is a big week. The Memorial Tournament, Jacob Bishop is victorious. Patrick Cantley minus 13 he wins the golf tournament jacob ha- jacob had him as his main man and then keegan bradley went home missed the weekend and i came in with a second place finish this week justin thomas plus three at t42 finish and my sleeper munoz went home for the weekend didn't stick around didn't cash in a check this week and jamie back of the bus hovland plus four t47 and you're canadian let you down. Adam Hadwin went home for the weekend as well. So we look at the Palmetto Championship this upcoming weekend. We have a threat to the Pelt Pod Insider panel. That is Keaton Jones. He's a professional golfer. He plays the game for a living, and he's coming for Jamie. Let's start with him. Main pick, I am going to take 
Dustin Johnson. And for the sleeper, got to take the boy, Michael Gliggs. Kitchener native. I, how can you, how, you can't sleep on Gliggs. Cannot sleep on Gliggs. And uh, well, Jacob Bishop, you have the honors. You were victorious for another week, my friend. Who is your picks for this upcoming weekend? I am going to take Tyrell Hatton as my uh, my pick for the week. And um, you can't sleep on Scott Piercy. And I will go Golf's Dark Knight, the villain, the social media troll. Brooksy, Brooks Kepka is my main guy. And Brant Snedeker coming out of the woodwork as my sleeper for this weekend. Jamie, back of the bus this week, but you are feeling good. You have someone nipping at your heels. People want to know the next words that come out of your mouth. Who are the picks? Yeah, if I've been doing this for nine straight weeks and then Keaton Jones has the same amount of wins as me after one week, <laughs> then I'm I'm seriously in trouble. But uh, my main man this week, I'm going with Matt Fitzpatrick. I feel like he plays every he plays well every single time the tour goes to South Carolina. Like every time at Harbor Town, he's up there. So I'm going on the the SC vibes this week. And uh, my sleeper pick, I'm going to go with Jamie going with Hank Laboda for his sleeper pick. Originally, he had Peter Malnati, but he withdrew yesterday. So Jamie's official sleeper, Hank Laboda. Well, you're in a familiar spot at the back of the bus, Jamie. So hopefully you can uh, you can squeak up another couple positions here this week. Love it. Love it. Guys happened to to see this this week. Uh, the fans saying Brooksy to to Bryson and Bryson's caddy and uh, and uh, the security there taking any player that said Brooksy to uh, to Bryson, toss him out of the event, and then Brooksy goes and and <laughs> on social media and says to any of those guys who got tossed out of the event to uh to contact Michelob to get a free case. <laughs> <laughs> like this is internet troll. Like this is. You've got to pay your workers one. So he's a man of principle. I can respect that. He just wants to keep his staff well, well watered. I like that about him. Well, that, that's, that's the most energy I've ever seen Brooksy ever have was that video. He's like, Brooksy, Brooksy's here. Like, I was like, holy smokes. I'd like to hear Keaton's, uh, Keaton's thoughts on, on this feud. And is, can, can we, can we expect, cause I know we want to take a trip up to the Sagin classic. Are we going to be seeing any, uh, Brooksy Bryson, uh, little feuds out on the TPT tour or what? <laughs> personally, personally, I would love to see it. Could, yeah. you, could you, could you imagine playing golf? And just speaking the whole time. <laughs> uh, we've never no. seen anything like this. Like, it's amazing. Like I, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I, like, th- I think it's, I think it's great. It's bringing attention to the game, right? For Absolutely. sure. And then uh, obviously Brooksy uh, was at the uh, the Logan Paul fight last night, and uh, Dave Portnoy yes, <laughs> chirping him from being up in the nosebleeds. Whenever I, whenever I hear Brooksy, I just think back to. Uh, do you guys remember the clip with like John Tortorella? Brooksy, if I want to explain it to you, I would. I'm not going to answer any questions from you. Next question. I guess that's what I'm saying, Brooksy. You get that through your head? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, it's time to waste the time. Oh, well, then get the fuck out of here then. I am. Okay, see ya. Yeah. I'll speculate. You speculate and be as, be as sarcastic as you can be, as you usually are. I'm not taking your an- answering any of your questions. Yeah. Have you ever fought before? Yeah. You have? Why? Are you challenging me now? No, no, I'm not okay. challenging you. You'll probably beat up in the bus stop most of the time. I think so, huh? <laughs> Next, I think of, you think of John Brooks, a reporter. 
Is that his yeah. name? Yeah. John Brooks. Yeah. Takes the yeah. bus to the arena to report on torts. I'm glad. I'm glad you got my reference there, Benny. Yeah, I got you, buddy. I, Don't yeah. you worry about it. Honestly, I was not a big Brooks fan, and now I think I appreciate him more than I did before. Yeah, yeah exactly. Everybody <laughs> likes a little bit of a troll out there, and and you know what? It's given us like we're talking about it now. It's exactly what he's trying to do it for is get people talking about it. Um, and you know they're I know they're kind of calling Brooksy a little bit of a bully by doing this, but I mean Bryson's kind of doing the same thing, and he's kind of egging it on. So. Um, I think we're going to see this continue a little bit and it's, we're going to have a little bit more to chat for down the weeks. Mm-hmm. The USGA better pair them at the U S open. That's all I'll say. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Week nine, uh, Keaton Jones. Thanks for coming on. We, we appreciate you joining us for, for the entire episode, a uh, little bit different look for us this week, but we are excited to have your input here. We definitely learned a lot and we're definitely going to be cheering for you this week when you go up to Trillium Woods for the first uh, TPT event uh, of the season. So, so from Ben, from Jamie, from myself, we wish you the best of luck. We'll be following you. Uh, we'll be talking to you. Uh, and we're looking for the first invite out to TPC Jones Hill because uh, obviously we didn't touch on it, but uh, the putting green in your backyard, looking forward to, to making a trip up and having a home and home with you at some point this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Uh... Good to see what you guys are doing behind the scenes, um, all the hard work you're putting in. So, no, what I, I think you guys are uh, doing an awesome job here. I'm happy to be a part of it and uh, can't wait to get out to Whistlebear and, and TBZ Jones Hill for a couple beers afterwards. Love it. Thanks, Jonesy. Awesome, Thanks, Jonesy. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Pelt Pod. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Pelt Pod, we'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next week for season one finale and episode 10.